Hello and welcome to the Nightcap Film Club with me, Simon Alexander, podcaster and daytime cooking show contestant. I am sat in my little, little office at home, uh, as is Paul Foster, who's at his house now and he joins me. You're right, mate. How you doing? Are you, yeah, not bad. How are you doing? All right, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Good, thanks, mate. <laughs> um, just before we uh, jumped on this, you were just saying that it's more homework time with uh, Esme and what was it? Maths today? and Yeah, milliliters today. Um, wow. measuring in milliliters so capacity hey, and volume and right up your yeah. street mate it is yeah and i was tr- i was using water i was tr- i went a bit far with it in some level i was trying to explain that you know because we'd done kilos and stuff before a kilo of water yeah. is the same as a liter and that was a bit bit too much i think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny with that sort of stuff because i always had a sense uh at school with maths anyway that there's elements of it that's like, why are we doing this when there's Google and calculators and and scales? Like just, scale, yeah. just what? Well, like, what do we need to know? Or I suppose. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> okay, so today's film on the Nightcap Film Club uh, was Chef, which I did again. It was sort of one of those where I watched it back when it came out, but I hadn't watched it in ages, and I'd sort of forgotten a lot of it actually. Um, yeah, I had as well. I, I mean, it was made in 2014, um, and I'd forgotten quite a bit, and I'd forgotten what just a lovely, heartwarming, nice film it is as well. Yeah, definitely. It was just, it was definitely really good. At the same time, I sort of there was a bit of a sense of like, oh, this is just really chilled. Yeah, you know what I mean, there's like, it's not too heavy, but it's not too light. It's just nice. It's just like a really easy. It's two hours, and that flew. Like it, it felt is. like it was like a ten minute like um it was just really nice and it was just really nice to watch and like the music and the colors the food and the salt it had like a lot of soul to it and it wasn't trying too hard and that's one of the first things i thought like overwhelmingly compared to burnt where it's trying too hard all the time with yeah literally yeah drug gangs turning up in the car park (laughs) and ex-girlfriends flying for it like it was all a bit ludicrous this just felt quite normal in a way as a direct comparison to Burnt, and they did come out a similar sort of time. It's they didn't try and you know crowbar too much in and make yeah. it to oh, chefs do this, chefs do that, chefs do this. It was quite you know a reasonable amount for a two-hour film that didn't yeah, overload yeah. you. And like they, Definitely. I mean, literally went on. I mean, on this journey and psychologically went on this journey, but it wasn't cheesy, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, the classic know, exactly. American road trip, and yeah. it ju- it just it was it was it had a lot of nostalgia for me. All those road trip films you watch when you're younger, and and yeah. then obviously the, it wasn't uh, it didn't take itself too seriously. I like that. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I think what makes it nicer is that um, unlike maybe some films which are trying to like emotively impact you all the time mm-hmm. with stuff like this and i don't know how they get the balance right and obviously a lot of credit must go to john favreau who's the lead actor he directs it and he wrote it so he's mm. literally the film is that a lot of the scenes they're sort of like talking over each other but not do you mm. know what i mean like it's really con- it's almost like it's not improv but it is improv and it feels a bit more documentary like rather than like a film with cameras and do you know what i mean it's <laughs> yeah. a lot more sort of like it's a relaxed Quite a natural vibe. kind of feel to it yeah definitely yeah. yeah really cool um first sort of main thing that stood out to me as in terms of a like a topic that we've maybe not explored too much was dusting Hoffman's character and by the way I love how he just brings in all these 
giant Holly like Scarlett Johansson and Robert Downey Jr. and Dustin Hoffman. Do. They've got like 20 lines each. Like, I it's know. amazing. Like, pays to have friends in high places, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. Well, a couple of them are straight from the Avenger movies because it's linked to oh, them, isn't definitely. it? Definitely. Yeah. So. Actually, and speaking of the Avengers, and because Hayley is a massive Avengers fan and she spotted this, you know in that really quick montage where he takes his kid out for the day and they're doing loads of superficial stuff, so they're on rural mm. coasters, they go to the cinema. In that yeah. small two-second cinema clip, it's they're watching Iron Man. Ah, oh, really? And I was like, how, how can you, you know? tell? Because you, yeah, and because apparently the sound that you hear is the distinctive sound of you know Iron Man's palm, that mm. like the yeah. noise that he makes from the palm. Haley was like, that's that. And then we rewound <laughs> it. She was like, I told you, it's Iron Man. They're watching Iron Man. I was like, no way. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, Dustin Hoffman's character. So he's like the owner of the restaurant. And obviously you just get this like straight up owner versus chef debate of no, we're cooking what we're famous for. We're doing it how we always did it because that's what people like. And then you've got a chef that wants to drive the boat forward. And actually, I don't think we've ever really talked about that, about working in places where the owner has a separate vision to the head chef. Have you? Has that come across to you much? Yeah, it has. And it's a very difficult thing. As an owner of a restaurant, and then you in, you employ somebody um, to, I don't know, put their creative spin on it, you're at that chef's mercy because if they leave, then a new chef will have a different spin and then all of a sudden it's slightly ch- changing your branding. So it's a very difficult position to be in as a restaurant owner who's not yeah. a chef, not hiring someone creative. Um because ultimately they're not going to be there forever. Um, but for me, it comes down to the agreement. You have a contract at the start, whether it's verbal or what, that you know, you've got creative control over this this place. And then, yeah. I mean, like Dustin Hoffman was brilliant. I mean, he, he played that <laughs> typical dickhead owner, didn't he? Just, <laughs> so you know, well. stamping his foot down. And, you know, when, when you stop someone creative and artistic like that, all you get is friction and defensiveness yeah. isn't it so uh you know it it, it 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 does happen a lot and he just did it because obviously he wanted to take charge with the um you know with the critic coming in and he pulled out the classic line of you know we mentioned it i think on was it the linear one about you know yeah. the, the stones playing their hits yeah and he literally said the phrase greatest hits didn't he, he said no we're we're doing the greatest hits or something like that in yeah reference to the old menu which makes makes sense but if food's different to music in in that way, it's you know, and you've got to evolve. And the Stones did at one point; they they evolved and kept moving forward. And good chefs and restaurateurs have to, you know. Yeah. And you, even the the same dishes you tweak and evolve. Uh, but no, I I have had that in in that way as well from managers really? and owners. And I was just way too stubborn and put my foot down. And um, <laughs> it was it was at Tuddenham. I think partly because there was a lot of friction between myself and the owners. Um, I think maybe in some ways it was a tactic to, to get me out. Um, uh, right, interesting. My assumption is. So they, um, they, we had this new manager hire, which, you know, we just walked all over him. He was like a lot younger than me and just didn't have any of the same kind of background as me. So we had, we had this meeting after he'd been there a few weeks and he's like, right, we're changing the menu. We're not doing what you want to do anymore. Um, he said, you, but you can do your tasting menus and a la carte and stuff, but we're doing um, sandwiches and fish and chips and sausage and mash and pies and passes in the restaurant as well. Um, so oh, we're going right. to have two menus. So, so no restaurant in the world works like that. Like show me one that works. What and would I'll... they be called? What, w- what would those menus be called then? Well, their their vision, if we call yeah. it vision, I don't know if they come <laughs> up with it when they were drunk or what, was um, 
basically, if a table of four sat down, one of them wanted a taster menu, one of them wanted fish and chips, and one of them wanted uh, a sandwich, then they could have that. I said, absolutely not. It's not, not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. I've not worked four years, sacrificed a lot, you know, wife sacrificed a lot. And to, to do that, I said, it's just not going to work. I said, we need a separate operation to do that. And I'm all for running that and having a simpler operation with a hotel. It's got to be diverse. Um, I just said, no, I'm not going to do it. Sack me if you want. I ain't doing it. And my team won't do it and they'll support me. Oh, and then they, play, mate. they actually wrote me a menu and sent me the menu. Whoa. Honestly, I, I wish I'd kept the email. Oh, I was mate, like, that's mental. And I know. Just to, my just blood was to... boiling. <laughs> I bet. I can't even. I mean, so with these guys, like, like I don't want to, like, you know, hang them up to dry sort of thing, but are they, were they just, are they business people or were they food? Like, did they have a background? Were they cooks, ex cooks? No, they, they weren't background? even in the industry. They were, they were clueless to the industry. Very successful, good businessmen. They, um, from yeah. like the p- potato industry, made a, made a lot of money. Very successful in that respect. But um, we had a MD at the time who just literally wanted to stack it high, sell it cheap. Um, and it was a boutique hotel. It wasn't possible to even do that. Uh, right. He's got gone now. And Lee, who runs um, Tudenham now, is doing a great job. And he's found this found a real fit for what it should be. And like, I really admire what he's doing. He's kind of taking the ball by the horns, doing his own food. Um, uh-huh. And it fits. It's not this mix of two menus that they were trying to give me. Um, yeah, yeah crazy God. talk. But it, well, it come down to like us having a meeting. It's like, well, we'll have to put you through formal disciplinary if you don't do it. It's okay. Well, okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm not wow. going to do it. And then yeah. they put you through disciplinary. Well, it got to that, and then um, it was getting to that level, and then the Mallory job come up. So I took the took the Mallory job, and they were like, well, during your notice period, will you introduce this menu? I said, like, oh. Might do. I'll see. <laughs> I was just, I was just being difficult. Wow. There. I said, like, like, "What's the point? You're getting a new head chef. You want me to change things for them to come and change it again?" But yeah, it, yeah. you know, it, it does happen, and I think that's why, especially nowadays, chef ran places do very well, and they do well with Michelin and AA as well because the, the, you know, even if the chef sort of moves on a bit, they're still in charge. You could have a head chef running it with that vision. You yeah. know, the the brand and model doesn't change. Yeah, 100%. I suppose um, I love, you know, I fucking love a football analogy. It's a bit like the manager of the team not getting to manage the team and having the chairman tell you what team you should pick. And it'd be exactly. like, well, that'd be mental. That would never happen. It's yeah. the manager's job. Yeah, why hire them? Why yeah, hire them? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, it does happen. But I thought just, Dustin Hoffman was great at it. And just, oh, he's so good. Yeah, because he, he just made it. you frustrated. It made you hate him. <laughs> yeah, he's. it's because he's not, like, in some ways, if he came in all guns blazing, like, shouting and angry from the start, mm. it would be e- too easy to hate him. It was how yeah. he was quite softly spoken and just like, just do the menu. Just do this menu. This menu here. Like, just do it. And it was, it was just sort of like that great, like, passive aggressiveness. <laughs> like, yeah, it ramped up, but it was brilliant. And the bit that made me laugh a lot from him was, uh, you know, when the critic is in the restaurant and... Uh, Scarlett Johansson's trying to sort of like just basically say, look, it's the same menu again. And he comes over with that really lovely old bottle of wine. Just like, <laughs> yeah, from Napa Valley. For a special occasion. It was, just, it was brilliantly played. But it was so funny. I was like, how, how often must that happen? Like, just unbelievable. 
Oh, God, I've heard stories about things like that creeping around them or sending extra courses to critics. Jay Rayner spoke about it a lot. He'll get these extra courses and he'll be like, that doesn't come with it. That was separate on the menu. Oh, it's on us. So he's like, sends it back to the kitchen. Wow, does he? Yeah. Fair yeah, play. He I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, to, I, I admire Jay Rayner so much because he seems very uncorruptible. He wouldn't go because the PRs asked him to go. He wouldn't. Uh, he actually left the judge of the world top 50 because it, I watched an interview of him because it was becoming a bit, you know, who's got the best PR and, you know, invited yeah. to places and bit elitist, yeah. 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 That's fascinating. Mm. I didn't know that about him, but that is a really cool characteristic. And actually what was interesting and we, we sort of, by the end of the film, we like that critic, don't we? Because of yeah. he only cares about the food. But actually, there's no reason to ever hate him because he never really says anything. Like he gives apart, a really apart from one go, thing. At the on, end of the review, he starts slating his weight. Oh <laughs> yeah, savage, that's true. Yeah, and then actually in real life, you realise, hang on, aren't you bigger than him anyway? Like, <laughs> what? That didn't make any sense. But yeah, when he's when John Fav comes in, and he's like going mental about the molten lava cake. <laughs> Which yeah. is pretty, and he's like crumbling in his face. I realised like, oh, the critics not really said anything here. Mm. And it's all in John Fav's head, really. And, and and it made sense at the end of the film when he was just like, look, oh, I thought that stuff on Twitter was just like for fun, like theatre, because mm. we're all in the industry together and it's what the public sort of want kind of thing. And I was like, actually, yeah, yeah I think you're right. I, th- I don't think you're ever a bit a dickhead, really. I think you were just doing your job. And yeah. I think he does really genuinely care about the food. You can see when uh, the food came out, and it looked like bang average. He looked genuinely disappointed. Like, no, I thought I was going to eat something really cool tonight. And I, I think he thought, actually, he does know what he's on about. And then um, the only reason that John Favreau, or, or Carl, Carl, isn't it his name, isn't it, is yeah, so Carl, yeah. frustrated. There's one reason why he's so frustrated, because he knows he's better than that. He's yeah. The critic is telling him the truth. So he therefore yeah, becomes so really, right. really defensive. That's why yeah. he's not, it's not because those words hurt him. It's like, I know, and I I allowed the manager, the owner, yeah. sorry, to to tell me what to do, even though I knew better. And it's just pure yeah. frustration coming yeah, out. Yeah, pride, pride and ego getting in the way. Exactly. The only thing that confused me a bit about that sequence where he decides he's you know he's gone, and he goes mm. home, and you know, like at the same time, it's all sort of going a bit pear shaped at the restaurant. He's at home, like cooking loads of amazing food. Yeah. What? Why? because <laughs> like, i th- i thought because uh, i couldn't remember i was like oh is he cooking all of this and then he's gonna bundle it in the boot of the van and then bring it down and go this is what i would have cooked you tonight or which i thought because of the whole twitter thing was starting to ramp up in the film that he was going to take photos of it mm. and say i'm not at the restaurant tonight i'm at home this is what you could have eaten yeah yeah I th- no, no, yeah they kind of could have done that it just seemed to sit there so what i think what was it for I don't know. The only thing I could say is that that's his like, he that's his escape, his comfort zone where yeah, he's just yeah, cooking yeah. and he's happy, and he's the only that's place he's allowed to be. Bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Only place he's allowed to be free. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely right. I just it would have been so cool to have seen him do something with that then, or like, yeah, I thought like, just tweet a photo of it looking incredible with all the colours and stuff. Yeah, and then say, oh, I'm at home. I'm not at the restaurant today. Like, I think yeah. that. Would have been, very odd. Is what you could have won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love. I did love in that sequence though. We had our first nightcap home hack come true in a film. Did you notice this? Uh, which one? We had Paul Welburn's 
burning of all of the limes to get the oh, lime yes. juice. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, Paul Welber's home hack. It's in the film. We've got yeah. it. Home hacks exist in these movies, too. I'm dead chuffed with that. Um, and then the other theme we had that then sort of we talked about briefly there is the whole Twitter stuff where he... You know, he calls him out on Twitter. They start having an argument. He's a bit clueless because Twitter's sort of come along and he doesn't really know how to use it. He ends up doing, he fucks it and also makes a, it's also great for him. So he doesn't realise he's fucked up, but at the same time, it's done wonders for his PR. And, yeah. and that made me think of a couple of the conversations we've had on the podcast about sort of in the last 10 years, Twitter has just come along at the mm. perfect time for all, all of you guys. It really has, especially just really works for this industry. Um, yeah, not not all industries, does it? But for us, it is. It's yeah. great. And I think we've all learned lessons along the way and got stuck into things we shouldn't and you, know, <laughs> you say things you shouldn't. I think fortunately, like when I started, Twitter had literally just started. So it was probably around 2009, oh, 10. Yeah, it was yeah. just coming in over here. So, I mean, I'd have to have a look back and see what I've, I've written, but... I don't think it's anything that bad, but there was, I didn't have any, any followers at the time. But nobody knew who I was. I'd only just become a head chef. Um, yeah. But yeah, imagine sort of learning and making those mistakes, like when you're like, like really well uh, known. It, yeah. it's, it's like that, that thing of, um, I'm mean, slightly going off subject, but you know, celebrities will get famous um, and then somebody will find a tweet from 10 years ago when oh, they were yeah, classic, 16 yeah. is a different opinion. Yes. And then everyone tries to cancel them and call us. Oh, yeah. It. yeah, it's ridiculous. And <laughs> you do have to take certain things on social media with Tonga Cheek because there's out of context, isn't it? Well, when you, um, so when you got it and obviously perhaps weren't as well known, you weren't as established in the industry as you are now. When did, was it Great British Menu that then the jump in followers went from like, you know, a few hundred or a thousand to like 10,000? Was there like a jump in a short space of time because of popularity? And then did you notice yourself change how you did, how you used it? Um, probably not really. I probably didn't notice and just, um, <laughs> it's only been the past few years. I'll still have a bit of a rant and I'll get stuck. If someone's being an arse, I'll get stuck into them still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. You know, but I'm not particularly opinionated on that. I've learned that from other people's mistakes generally. But yeah, Great British <laughs> Menu, you just see this big, yeah, you did see a big ramp up in social media because everyone was starting to get into it big time then. Um, but if I do television now, you don't see the impact you used to, if that yeah. makes sense. Like you'd get, you know, perhaps a thousand or so followers, but now you wouldn't get so many. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. What about the... um? In the film, when he starts to understand Twitter a little bit more, and then he starts reading articles, he gets into a bit of a social media, you know, when he's like up all night reading all those articles and stuff. Do you ever get in a social media pit, whether, whether it's a review of Salt or, an, or another restaurant in the past, and then cut the comment sections and the, I mean, I know TripAdvisor is one thing, but we talked about those, <laughs> but like other websites and, and like, do you ever get down a bit of a rabbit hole with all that stuff? No, not so much. Um, because fortunately, apart from that one, which just had no impact, we spoke about in the podcast where we got a bad one in the, the Daily Fail. Um, then uh, there was uh, nothing. There's, the, the, we've only had national really good ones. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't, you get, you still get some people be arses from it. And then 
I can see why he's he's new to him for one. He's mm. um, he's getting slated and going. You can see why he goes down this big rabbit hole and he's up all night totally. Yeah. But no, I've not really been in that that position, fortunately. And um, you'll see it with others, but you're not as um, engaged or invested if it's not you. Yeah, I think I. I mean, we. I know we're talking separately about like you can see how some chefs get too distracted about what everyone else is doing or what everyone else is saying rather than just focusing on the thing that they're artist yeah. of and in this current world i think we talked about it a lot on the tom sellers podcast with the platform of twitter and people having the opportunity to say what they want all the time it's so easy to get your eyes drawn towards all of that negativity and all of the outspoken people that would never say it to you on the street but would happily do it on twitter yeah you can see how people if you're a bit insecure or you're a bit worried that your food's not as good or you or you you like what you do but your manager is telling you to do something different that you could get in an absolute spiral online with looking at shit yeah oh yeah you t- yeah you totally could you just end up down that rabbit hole and uh yeah, you can see why people react and why he got stuck into them. He was yeah. even being advised by his chefs not to not to <laughs> yeah, tweet. That was and he's great. like, just did it. Yeah, that was amazing. when he's got the tweet behind him and it says asshole, yeah. but you can't see asshole. I yeah. was like, that's really clever how they did that. Like, and I, lo- <laughs> I loved all of the interactions between him and then his, I guess his sous chef and the and one whatever the other guy is. They are hilarious. I love oh, they're brilliant. all of that. And it, it felt they felt like a genuine kitchen mm. team. Oh, they really do. Loyal, um, yeah. you know, uh, passionate, excited. One of them was a bit of a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> classic. All the classics yeah. that make that, up a kitchen. <laughs> that was his number two who took over, um, weren't it? Yeah. And uh, they just have this, like, love and appreciation for him, the way one of them followed yeah. him to um, I know. That was cool. Miami. That's not overblown. I think you know, kind of things like that happen. Things that happen really? when you really believe. Yeah, that? yeah. I've seen that in yeah, the industry. Where people just go, "Oh, my mate's gone to Aberdeen, so I'm going to go to Aberdeen." Yeah, people follow each other around, and you really? know, you, you you become a team and like believe in each other. It's, yeah, it's quite, quite, um, quite common. Especially yeah, if we have that in Burnt and and a bit with Grant Ackett's on the thing with you know people sort of like proteges and stuff. Like you, you sort of stick together a bit, and if you're forming a new restaurant. You may go, oh, I knew this commie over there. I'm going to ask him or I'm going to ask her because I'm going to, do you know what I mean? And you start trying to form the, your best of, like the Avengers sort of style. Yeah, like my, my team from, my whole kitchen team, including Brett who runs the school, they're all from Mallory. Worked at different Are stages. They, all of them? Everyone is, yeah. I did not know that. that so Laura, Laura and Gibbo have been there since day one. They started, like they were always going to be there and they were like waiting for the place to open so you know doing bits and bobs to to actually wait and then um brett i worked with there and obviously he started last november and you know we've got that relationship and i approached him about about the position because i knew it'd be great for him and he'd be good good at it and then christina who we've got in the kitchen as well i actually gave her her first ever job at mallory like a little part-time job and then hired her full-time but i moved on and then she's gone on to other things, but sort of come come back round. So yeah, yeah, whole, whole I didn't team. Know that. That's mm. awesome, mate. I love that. It's so cool. It's so specific to that industry as well. I think it is. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're Harry Redknapp in football, when you bring all your first team, you know, <laughs> Joey, Joey Jordan and all the they all come no matter where he's <laughs> yeah. managing. Um, yeah. So I guess we get to that bit of the film then when he goes across to Miami with his ex-wife. It's a little bit weird, but you know she starts to fancy him again. I mean, is he out of his depth there? Sophia Vergara and John Favre. It just I was like looking at him like, how is this? 
Can I just it's say, not just not just that, he must have done the casting, because Scarlett Johansson yeah. as well, his two, <laughs> his two love interests. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia Vergara and Scarlett Johansson is so good, isn't it? Uh, and I'd also like to say, I've never managed to seduce a woman, especially like Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> with spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> if only it were that easy. Oh, that should be a poster. I've never yeah. been able to seduce a woman's spaghetti. It's how she's seductively lying on the sofa and she's like giving him the eyes all the time. And he's like, every yeah, time he tosses the pan and yeah, <laughs> throwing yeah. some parsley in and she's like giving him those sex eyes. Yeah. Oh, man. That, it was so funny. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, he um, definitely did the casting for that. Fair play. <laughs> Fulfilled some lifelong dreams, I imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, we get to we go across to Miami, and he's there with his kid, and that that whole story is amazing, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's nice. the idea that his kid genuinely understands the new ways of marketing through social media, but he's also yeah. old enough to just about help out and just mm. about see over the counter. Like, it's genuinely sweet, and you you really feel like it is a father son dynamic. I thought, like, I really bought into that. Yeah, and I think they pitched it nicely as well. You know, he's, you know, he, he was a, a loving and caring father, and he wasn't like, he wasn't attentive enough. But he wasn't, and it wasn't like he did this Hollywood turnaround of being an arsehole to being amazing. It was, he yeah. was always there. He just never put the time or the focus in. And you know, as soon yeah. as he did that, so it it felt quite a, a real evolution. Yeah, definitely. Um... We get the RDJ scene, which was a bit weird because it's like it did feel a bit cameo like, didn't it? Yeah, I like, totally to forgot he was in it. Yeah, it's for the sake of having him in it a little bit, like. Yeah. And and I suppose that was the vehicle to him getting the vehicle, getting the truck. Yeah, and um, he he's good at playing a bit of a dick, and he. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Oh, I literally wrote down like RDJ's character. He is he is quite funnable, but funny, but also hateable. So, uh, yeah. so it's, it is just Iron Man again, basically. <laughs> yeah. Just a bit of an egotistical dick, but quite funny. So you sort of like him. Um, and then we get the truck, and then it's like we see the elbow grease going in, and that first sort of like big scene between the dad and the son when they're washing it down, and the son's really learning how much elbow grease is put in. Because mm. I have to admit, for someone that doesn't work in the industry and works behind a desk with computers, and um, even I look at like that truck and how far away it is from being able to be used and think yeah. oh fucking hell jesus christ that looks like too much work too much effort to get this but he's got that chef's mentality of this is what we do we're gonna you know we're yeah. gonna clean this top to bottom and it's just no stopping him and that is something that is very specific to the industry i think that attitude and that elbow grease mentality oh yeah 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 you've it is if you're not in it you don't don't quite see that um yeah but it's quite normal to me, really. I mean, I've never turned around a food truck like that. But, you know, yeah. I took, they should have seen the state of the kitchen at um, Salt when we took over. It was, oh, it was a ridiculous amount of cleaning. Yeah, was it? Was it a similar yeah. sort of effort when you're, like, jet washing stuff? And Yeah, oh, it was, oh, it was awful. And they'd had professional cleaners in, apparently, before we went in. Really? Yeah. Was it you by yourself or you and mates? Or how did you do that? Um, uh, me, Laura and Gibbo. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, the dishwasher took three days. It took oh, Laura three days. I don't think they had ever cleaned it. I think what they used to do was like, because what you should do with a, a dishwasher, you clean it out every night and then leave it open so, you know, it's got airflow through it. Like, yep. 
I was speaking to people that used to work there. They, they used to just turn it off, then turn it on the next day, then turn it off. And then there's obviously this water in there. Oh, and it's just, God. <laughs> yeah, we, we like absolutely like took it apart and blitzed it. I mean, it wasn't great. It got us through a couple of months. And then it just, because it would never been looked after. It was knackered. And then I bought a really good one, um, yeah, which yeah. gets cleaned without fail. Descaled every week, you know, like looked after. But, um, do you enjoy? Yeah. Do you enjoy, in a weird way, the clean down? Because I know it's intensive, especially in really good kitchens, where it's like there is no surface unturned. Like by the time you guys leave, there's not a speck of dust anywhere. Is there something really therapeutic about literally like blitzing the place? No, I hate cleaning. Do you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's um, the the result is nice. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just something you've got to do, and you've got to do to good standard, and something I don't do as much of anymore because your job role changes but yeah yeah so you, you've got to do and you've got to take pride in and do right but the result is like good i'm doing and then when you come in the next day and it's like lovely and clean you know if you go yeah. in i've worked in places where it was you going into handing over a section for someone it's just not clean it's not a nice way to come into work you know yeah it's demoralizing you just feel like you're already defeated before you start yeah you start cleaning you know waste your first half hour cleaning yeah do you um as you've sort of like, yeah, as your job role changes and you're not doing as much cleaning, do you then inspect it? And then are you, you know, do you then go, guys, look, I know it's not much, but there's three inches where you've not moved a thing out the way and clean behind it. Like, will you go and check or? Yeah, I mean, I'm not like totally, totally ruthless with it, but yeah, I'll check it and I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. And my guys are great anyway. They, you know, they'll spot things before me, which is the way I've trained them to be. But no, the, the more eyes, the better. I'll, I'll come down. Maybe if I've, gone upstairs to finish something off or been with guests at the end of the night you come in you'll see something straight away guaranteed because you've not been in there doing it um yeah yeah just just little th little things like that and keeping on top of it but you know that's why you hire good passionate people that, yeah, that take pride in what they do pride isn't it yeah yeah um when he's doing that and his son is like no let's just throw this out and he's like no this is a perfectly good hotel dish or whatever it is like we've yeah. got to clean it out and then his son, his son runs off, and then he does it. What are your guesses at what is that in there? Oh, so I was trying God. to work out what it was, but it looked it was almost jelly like, but I didn't know whether that was mold or I didn't know what. But I was trying to guess. Oh, there was what clearly was. mold on top. I don't know what. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. In America, they call we call them gastros. Those trays, they're quite they're quite ex uh, okay. quite expensive. Um, like in, That's in America, why I to save it. Exactly, and in America they're like exactly the same size. They're spec to fit fridges, ovens, everything. Those trays they yeah. call them ho hotel pans. Hotel pan, right, okay. yeah. Right, okay, got you. Yeah, I didn't realize that they were so sought after, but then I, I realized well, he must really. It, it can't be that it's just nothing. He must think no, that is a good pan. It's worth getting yeah. through the shit of it to get it out. Yeah, at the end of the day, whatever's in there, it's stainless steel. It will come clean. It will, yeah, you know, you get rid of the mold. Then his brother, his uh, mate comes over. They start making loads of really cool food. I had honestly, and this might be embarrassing, but I had not heard of a Cubanos or a Cubanos. I didn't know much about it, really. No, no I, I don't know a lot about Cuban food or, or like Cuban culture, really. So uh, yeah, but I um, love that scene where he asks, he asks like twenty guys to help him in English, and they're like, uh, and he <laughs> comes over and he says, "Will you help us?" And clearly says, we'll also give you the best Cubanos you'll have ever eaten. <laughs> and then I actually realized at the end of that scene, though, that they literally lifted a unit onto the truck. Mm. And that was it. 
That is literally all they did. I was like, wow, you're getting a free lunch for that. That's fucking amazing. That is literally yes. the best day's work ever. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, those sandwiches looked fucking amazing, didn't they? Uh, they made yeah. it look good. I mean, all the food, apart from what the critic had, which did look terrible, was like um, all the food looked great, tasty. When he went in at home and cooked, the spaghetti he cooked, even the little um, sandwich um, he did for his son. Oh, yeah, the cheese just sandwich. Beautiful, yeah. And yeah. just... Just everything. When he bit it, that crunch sounded amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did. It was nice to see him care and painstakingly make a cheese sandwich with not even like the best looking cheese in the world. But mm. He made sure it was done to perfection and the colour on the golden colour on the yeah. just for his son's breakfast. Like he just cares about food so much. And that that comes across, doesn't it? Especially when they're in there making the and his mate when he's he's doing the marinade. On the, uh, on the meat <laughs> and he's like dancing and then I was thinking like you look fucking cool like you uh, got, uh, clearly like a, a Hispanic guy mm. listening to Cuban music making a traditionally Cuban dish like fucking awesome the English equivalent does not exist there is nothing <laughs> there is nothing that w- you could do in the kitchen like a, a Sunday roast like putting the chicken in the oven dancing to like I don't know the ki- like uh, some English Spice skills Yes, but yeah, like what is our, our equivalent is, is like there is none. We cannot yeah, look as we cool. don't have that cool, sexy culture, do we? No. Yeah, it's like even that granddad that was singing and who was like you know, he was singing in the in the Cuban bar. I yeah. was like, even he looks he's like seventy and yeah. overweight and looks sexy as hell. If I was up there doing that, I'd look like a fucking prick. If I if I'm, I wore that hat, I'd look like an EHO inspector. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. So, it just looks so fucking awesome, um, and then yeah, we we get on the road, and that bit is such is like the coolest part of the film, like just seeing them, like it's just hanging out together, like even sleeping through the night while one of them's mm-hmm. driving, and like just rocking up anywhere, and then Twitter exploding, like uh, that yeah. whole like that. It just gave you energy to watch. I thought it's just it really did. Nice. It did, just nice bits, nothing over egg, nothing overworked, and just even out there, um, like earlier on before they went on, on the road, is um, he took his son out the truck for a word because he wanted to serve a burnt sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, they're not paying. And he'd like to just yeah. give him a little lesson in pride and, you know, whoever yeah, that was... however we're cooking for, it's always that quality, whatever we're cooking. Yeah, and... That really set the tone, didn't it? Because it really struck a nerve with him. As soon as his son said that, he was like, mm. daggers, get yeah. out of here. We need to have a chat outside. about that. Like, outside. <laughs> yeah, the amount of times I've had to do that, say to the sous chef, can you just handle it a minute? I'm going outside with this guy or up in the office. Have you? Just, yeah, just for, no, not to get mental at him for like oh, okay. a little, little chat. Because, you know, you don't always want to, do it in front of the whole team. You've got to like make that sure. connection with them and just you know, not not sort of humiliate them. What kind of stuff would it be? Would they say something a bit like that kid said there, and then straight away you've gone right? That needs that whole thing you just said there needs to flip on its head, and we need to do that. It, need, from- it needs dealing with now. Like you just need yeah. to deal with that now. If it, it generally like an attitude thing, or if you know you can tell they're not pulling the weight, or there's something wrong, because it might just be like, "What's up? I can tell you're not yourself." Like, you yeah, know, yeah. and they were in the middle of service and it's got to go right, but it's not, you know, you don't always just berate them. It, you know, it's, especially if it's someone you've <coughs> got a connection with or you, you admire, you've got mutual respect with, it's like, what's going on? Can we, can I, can I help? What, I've noticed you're not on form tonight. It's, it's something along those lines. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. um, we, uh, we also get the cool moment between the dad and the kid where they're sat outside the van and, they've all they're all having a beer 
yeah his mate gives the kid a beer and he's like it's not a beer let him have it there and then yeah. he looks at his dad like dad can i and the dad goes you can have a sip and i was straight away i was taken back to the moment because i can still remember to this day when my dad gave me a first sip of beer and i spat it out like yeah. cliche as hell me too um, i was stood i was stood next to it was him and his his friend hugh and we were in a little local pub to us where uh, all my family were with a load of their friends and I was stood next to them at the bar and dad had his pint in his hand, but down by his side. Mm. So it was at my height. And I, and I just grabbed it and said, can I have a sip? And he looked at me and he went, go on then. I literally like two hands went like that and then just spat it out. It was just like, oh, <laughs> but I know you obviously grew up in a pub. So, but can you remember the first time you had a, had a I was about five. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that it, is young, yeah. It was before, before we lived in pubs, it was what, my dad's homebrew, oh, right. homebrew, and it was just disgusting. It was probably, <laughs> probably not, not good homebrew. Um, yeah, five, that's young. That's two years that younger than young. my daughter. I just wouldn't know. We don't even give a Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> and they asked at a dinner table with wine or something to have a, to have a sip. They asked, uh, yeah. Like cheekily. And they, they know it's just, just a no. Like se- right. they're seven, seven and three. You don't, you don't need to. But yeah, I just remember what? it tasting disgusting. And yeah, it took me years to have a beer again. What? It, obviously, like, this is a great question, but like, it's illegal to drink beer at any age under whatever. But what is the right age to allow your son or daughter to have their first sip? That is a good question. Like, what is, is the age where you go? That is the age they can have a sip, so that I don't make it. I don't make it. I don't because you don't want it to be like a forbidden fruit. Like you will never touch this until you're yeah. eighteen because that that'll probably make things worse. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, what is like, the age? like he did in the film. He was like, yeah. Remember how that tastes when your mates try and get you a beer? <laughs> it's like. Set a bit yeah. of a precedent, hasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah exactly. you, you, you're right. You don't want to completely dismiss it, and you, and I think you need to to teach them that it's good in the right environment. So I don't know what the age would be, but as soon as we feel and agree, if they want to have a little sip of my beer or wine during dinner, you know, and you're teaching them about the environment and then the enjoyment of it, not just about yeah session, let's get steaming, <laughs> lads, lads, lads. <laughs> 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 yeah, your, your first sip of beer turned into an all-nighter. That is, yeah, yeah. That is not what should happen. Yeah. I reckon 11. I think that's a good age because it feels like yeah. um, you're, you're sort mm. of definitely articulate. You can talk. You can sort of like have a conversation about it. But then they've also, especially in this country, you're now at a different school. Yeah. I like think you, so, so there's like this element of moving up and growing up a bit. So I think 11 could be, that's my, that's my pitch. Like obviously yeah. there's no rules and it yeah, is illegal, but yeah. that is my, that's what I reckon <laughs> is a good, good age. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, there was also another sweet bit that I really liked where he, um, they're, they're in the middle of like service on the van and it's really hectic and the kid burns himself. Mm. And it, it's really, it's obviously, it's bad enough for the dad to stop and go, whoa, whoa, are you okay? And then he just says, do you need to stop or do you want to keep going? And, the, and lets the kid, and the kid just goes, I want to keep going. And it's just yeah. like, oh, that is awesome. No, nice. he lets him make the decision like an adult. He doesn't speak yeah. to him like a, a child. Yeah, it's, it was a nice moment. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. It did make me think, though, um, if, for example, say, right, in how old's this kid's 10 in the film, isn't he, supposedly? Yeah. So in seven years' time, when Ethan's 10, say, or mm-hmm. in three years' time, when Esme's 10, you go and get a van and the two of you go off on a little road trip and tweet about where your location is. What would you 
what would you call it and what do you what food do you think you'd do wow bloody hell so obviously he's doing he's doing Cuban food because he's in Miami. He's got he's got like influences around him, so he's gonna and he loves making that specific sandwich. But like, what would you would you just go feel around a, doing your feel do a your bit pressure dish? now? <laughs> <laughs> go around doing your carrot dish everywhere. Yeah, that'd be a bit um, a bit odd. That a bit bit weird, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It'd have to be like that street foodie sandwichy. You know, like the sandwich it's just so like endless what you could do because yeah, a, yeah. a, a burger's a sandwich like they do that cuban sandwich a bagel's oh, yeah. a sandwich a flatbread's a sandwich so much you could do with it it'd be something along those lines just incredibly tasty like dirty food that's just <laughs> yeah that that kind of thing i can't tell you specifically but it has no, to be something like that yeah, yeah that, I don't know why street food really gets away with it, doesn't it? Like street food gets away with the greasiest versions of good food without being like frowned upon. Like if yeah. I went to a kebab house, people are like, oh god, you're gonna. Whereas if I went to a kebab van, they'd be like, ooh, street food. It's like, hang on. but there is an element of that, isn't it? Like you get away with it a bit more. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. I wonder what that is. Well, that is even <laughs> it's, a bit, like, it's fashionable isn't it at the moment though that sort of street food the street vendor like you get street food festivals like even if you if you went to the nec to the, the good food show it wouldn't just be a tent in the in the exhibition hall it would be like a <laughs> van with deck chairs like it looked cool it had a blackboard do you know what i mean like it just has all that because you can go to you it. can go to a nice kebab house right that just looks like your general kebab house where say you have a chicken shish they'll the chicken's marinated they cook it on the grill in front of you fresh it's not just yeah. off the the yeah. um fucking don i think um <laughs> and then you know roll out an arm bread cook it in a tandoor in front of you and yeah. they're not they're not trying to be special that's just how they do it it's like that's like beautifully homemade that's tasty amazing. food yeah. but yeah. it's kebab house you know and that's better than probably the vast majority of street food vendors in this country because okay. yeah you like you get some lovely the, the problem with street food in this country is that you put that name on it it becomes fucking expensive like yeah, that's true. and you know street food in like that cuban style or like when i went to mexico like there's just little vans like that just parked up on the streets and we're, we're in Monterey and um, like the, the guy we're with, we'd be like, oh, it's taco time. And we'd just drive up what was like well, a bit of an A road, pull over in like, this is what looked like a hollowed out fucking caravan. Um, <laughs> and it, it's dirt cheap, but incredibly tasty. Homemade really? little, little corn tacos, like about this big, um, yeah. bra- braised um, cow head, it all stripped down with like this fresh guac and salsas and things like that. And just like oh, fresh, mate, fresh, fresh lime, just incredible, but really cheap. The, the, yeah. the, the, the problem in this country is like we've got great high level food. Our mid market's okay, but it's saturated with uh, chains. Yeah. Our, lower, our lower end is shit. It's really yeah, shit. You're so, you're so right. I was thinking about that the other day. Like it, it feels like you can't pay. Uh, what's the, what am I trying to say? You can't um get cheap good food no no you can't but you know india you can china you can yeah. fucking Why all these that? other countries where street food is done properly because it's it is supposed to be cheap and affordable and approachable where here yeah. it's it's a thing it's a dining event um and you can get really tasty good stuff but it's like ridiculous prices like 12 quid for a burger or something and it's yeah so well hang on this 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 isn't street food or you have the other end if you're driving down an A road here and it's a caravan, it's a dirty frozen burger of a horrible, yeah, it's horrible batch. Yeah. 
cook beyond belief. So yes, th- th- there so is no, right. I don't believe, or that there's very, very little low low end market good quality food in this country. Yeah, that you're so right there. Like I remember even um, years ago seeing a thing with uh, Jamie Oliver talking about going and staying in Italy for a while with Gennaro, and he mm. cooked out there for ages. And he said what he couldn't believe is in the slums of the towns and cities he would go to the high rises the balconies would be washing hung up and tomato vines and basil plants Mm. and the poor ate really well because they ate humbly but grew their own food and it was really good quality and he said and the difference in this country is we go down to iceland and buy cheap shit chicken Mm. or like frozen apple pies or like and all this shit and it's like that is so wrong like isn't it awful that that's happened in in this country it is and yet other countries like the poor eat fucking amazing but we have to pay 10 pound for the privilege in this country from a street food vendor like it doesn't make any sense yeah or 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 even if you you go to a supermarket and just to take tomatoes as a a perfect example the cheap ones are the shit yellow underripe flavorless tomatoes if you want what a tomato should what should the standard should be then it's you know tesco's finest or the best yeah. fucking whatever on the vine and they're lovely but you have to pay through the nose for what should be the standard yeah it's so true it's so weird like maybe there is a massive gap in that for people to open up uh mm. like a restaurant chain that prides itself on the best quality food for the for the most affordable people and whether yeah people- yeah, you know, I don't know how that would it's, be possible it, in this country, but it's cultural, though, isn't it? Especially with like, like in Mexico, it was just the thing. Monterey was quite, you know, fairly cosmopolitan city, and it it didn't feel like, um, you know, Mexico, Mexico in, in terms of what your perception is. But that that yeah. was the the way they lived their life. You know, they, they'd have breakfast and stuff at home, but eleven o'clock it'd be taco time, so they drive up. You know, and then when we come back, I was working at Mallory at the time, and then I drove down mm. the A forty six here. And I saw a van that looked very similar size, just in in the little <laughs> slip road, and it was just yeah. you know, cheeseburger, hot dog, but not a nice one, just like cooked yeah, left in a bamboo frame. Shit. So that's our equivalent. I know it's so weird. I don't mm. know how we've got lost along that road at some point because you'd have thought some point in our history, you could go down, you know, a really cheap, lovely shop and buy an authentic homemade pie, mm. and it would genuinely be the cheapest thing on the yeah. street, but one of the nicest tasting. But that yeah. feels like that's got lost a bit along the way here, doesn't it? Yeah, and there, there's a massive loss in skill as well, because there's a lot of skill in what these guys do. You know, like they're in a yeah, little yeah. caravan making these beautiful little hand-rolled tacos. It's like methods um, that have been passed down the generations, isn't it? Exactly. And it comes to the argument of like, um, like I stand on a place where people are normally surprised with, like our industry is classed as a, not a skilled industry. And I agree it's not. I don't right. think it is. I think the top one, two percent is highly skilled. The rest, there's just very little skill involved that's needed because yeah, yeah. it's heard you say that before, and, and stuff. Mm. Yeah. So they're like, because we're not like you don't have a guy just you know all day making like tacos or or like, you know, making noodles by hand in the street and stuff like that. It just doesn't yeah. happen here at all. Yeah. No, you're so right. Like it's mental, and I suppose like low level unskilled chefs. Mm-hmm. are probably doing stuff that anyone could do, which is put frozen yeah. chips in an oven or... Exactly. Exactly. Mental. Mental. See, so much comes out of watching just one film. <laughs> no, it's mad, isn't it? Mad. <laughs> um, 
Any other random observations or things you picked up from the film that made you laugh? Or? I, lo- I love how they added the cornflower to the bowls. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. At the and the best thing is in the morning, you could deep fry them or something. Yeah, yeah. Because um, um, it's so true. It's just actually, so true. It, have you ever done that? Yeah, yeah, in my younger years, yeah. Because, like, really? if you're working all day, and it, all it is is, like, it's not really your arse or your balls. It's called chef's arse in this country. Um it's like just the top of your legs. It's just just chafing. Chase. It gets, gets yeah, sore, chafing. like like it happened to a runner or anyone. And because it's yeah. hot, hot and humid, so hot, you're on yeah. your feet sixteen hours. It's hot. It's a bit. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a bit sore that. And it yeah. acts like better than talcum powder because it stays there. And it's just this barrier that's super smooth. It's amazing. Is it? I Stops. didn't realize that it was like better than. T- I, was, I was assuming it's because no one had talc on them. Like you're going. Is there any talc? Yeah. Got any talcum powder on it? But it's, it's like it's finer. Bad. Yeah, and it, it yeah, does. Yeah. It creates this little barrier, and you can, I don't know, feel like you can run a marathon after a shift. Um, I never knew that. I love it. I tell you what, <laughs> this is a call out now to anyone who's had chef's ass. Um, what other things have you used? So, uh, corn flour, is there any, have you ever got really desperate to use anything else? Oil. Oil. <laughs> Butter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you measure the smell? No, I'm not going to imagine it. Yeah. Um, oh, the one thing I wanted to ask you about was, have you ever had a beignet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beignets. Uh, I've never had never had one before. I was looking yes. at it like, what is it like a donut? Is it like a profiterole that's deep? Fr- like what? What's yeah, the taste of a beignet? Essentially, a donut. It's a lot lighter, generally. Yeah, yeah. yeah more puffy. It kind of not a churros, but kind of similar. If you think it's lighter and uh, fluffier, and yeah, rolled in sugar, it's it's lovely. And but it I does look- origin. It does or, uh, originate in New Orleans. Um, I don't know the exact history of it because for me it's a French thing, but there, there's a lot of French history and culture in New Orleans, isn't there? Uh, like yeah, yeah. their food's massively driven by French um, influence, but it's not directly obvious because they have that old Creole thing and you know yeah, like yeah. The, the different southern sort of spices and uh-huh. things they use. Um, I'd love to go there. It looks amazing in New Orleans. Oh, it does look so cool, doesn't it? Just where they parked their van outside that food market and stuff, and the like. Oh, it just looks yeah, amazing. Yeah. And like the kids, got yeah, I almost wanted hands, a bit more. Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Um, yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you. You know the bit where they stop at the um, Texas like ranch, and there's a the guy in the back with the slow Aaron Franklin smoked. So was that all? He's not an actor. He is. No, is that, that is Aaron all, Franklin. That is yeah. actually. Fun. Yeah, I had that in my notes to say because as soon as I saw it, I, I was realized, like, I was like, hang on, this is that's Aaron Franklin. This is a chef. Yeah. Yeah, chef. he is like barbecue legend in America. He's actually, yeah, yeah. you know, masterclass. Yeah, I've seen the advert with him. He's got a beard in it now, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got his yeah. own masterclass of barbecue in. I've not watched them ones, but yeah, he's the boy when it comes to proper Texan barbecue. You say barbecue over here, most people think burgers, chicken wings, sausage. It's like yeah. the proper slow cooking joints of meat, pulled pork, brisket. Like that brisket looked incredible, didn't it? Oh my word. It just looked like, you could imagine. And when, you know, they're all sat around, they get their knife and they just take they just take a little bit and you're just there, you're just like, God, I literally mm. There is a market somehow for someone to release a film like this, but then also ah. send you a box of food in the post that you eat at the same oh, time I... they do. To like, do you know what yes. I mean? Like, how cool that would be. Yeah. 
just yeah. to get like that taste of it. Like imagine that scene where right they oh they go to New Orleans and they finally get their hands on a beignet and then you get to pick up yours from your box and oh. eat it and go oh yeah like that'd be fucking awesome, wouldn't it? Oh, that's amazing. Multi sensory film watching. Yeah, multi sensory film watching. That's that's maybe that's what we'll do <laughs> after this, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, other little things I had written down was um you know, early on when he's like struggling for stuff to do with his songs, he doesn't really know what to do, he's just doing loads of superficial stuff and they stop in the street and they see that guy with the skeleton puppetry. Yeah. I obviously they're sort of making out in this film that this guy sort of run out of ideas to do with his son. But I was honestly looking at that going, that looks fucking incredible. Like, <laughs> that must have taken you... Because his mouth is moving, his arms, his legs, his body, all on strings. That, and this guy's going, that, that is a fucking art form. Yeah, I think it's un- underappreciated, this guy. <laughs> that must have taken him years to be able to lip sync to a song as well and do it. I was there like, <laughs> Star yeah. of the movie, this guy. Yeah, um, and I also love the that Coventry got a bit of a nod in this film with the specials that cropped up at one point. Oh yeah, I didn't even realise that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little cough yeah. mention in there. And the music <laughs> was cool throughout, though, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Yeah, good mix of stuff. Yeah, good mix of stuff. Even sexual healing in the van going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was one of those. It was one of those covers that was so out of context that we were hearing it, and I was going, "Why is that?" And Haley was like. <laughs> you know when you start like going through it and your head like I think uh, sexual healing yes yeah. got it got yeah. it it took, took me ages but got there eventually um so go on I was just going to say about what you were saying about the the bit where he um he was struggling with things to do um that's one thing like the lockdown is kind of I've realised is like I'd always with a precious little time I'd always try and overthink and try and like think of something to do and then like, your mind will go blank with the kids and then you know we've not really done a lot over these past four months but we've had yeah. a great time and got even closer and it's just just hanging out like they were hanging out you know yeah. you don't always have to be a, a big extravagant thing that you're doing yeah. like a, a you know a, a theme park or something like that um which is great but yeah just that little little connection yeah, that's so true. That was a really cool message of the film, wasn't it? And how the kid just wanted to hang out with him and just wanted to cook with him yeah, and do normal stuff, like sat outside the van having a beer and just chatting. Because they're actually the conversations, even as a kid, that you end up remembering because it's quality yeah. time. And sat in a cinema is great, but you're not doing stuff together, no. are you? It's exactly, different. Yeah. And that, that is one of the best lessons of the film, and I think. And also for, clearly, his wife, who, you know, Sophia Vegara, they get married again mm. at the end um and it's because clearly like he's been so obsessed with his work and he's not spending quality time with his son or her and that and when he realizes that and changes his mindset and tweaks it all Mm, yeah she gets back together with him and i thought that was a really cool little and how cool was the restaurant at the end oh it's cool little place homage to their truck yeah i was like fucking hell this is awesome it looked a real fun place didn't it yeah it just looked full of like life love food like that big bat they zoom out onto the outside and there's that giant table full of everything i was just like Mm. get me in there (laughs) i just i'd eaten dinner and then watch it watch the film after and that made me hungry like i hadn't even eaten (laughs) i mean it's bad films like this because you just want to go eating again i think i was grazing on some ice cream and cookies after that i was like oh my god desperate uh, cool. Any other little bits from the film, mate? No, I think I think that was it, really. Yeah. Um, 
Great. Really just enjoyed it though. Great feel. I forgot how much I'd enjoyed it because it'd been a few years. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just really nice and not not forced, not over egged. And yeah, it's interesting watching it so close to burnt because of just how how yeah. different they are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 It's cool. Definitely. I think it was. Even though we didn't see loads and loads of food in chef we saw probably more food in burnt mm. there was more love for the food in chef than in oh, burnt, without in burnt it was more about power and ego and maybe that was the point like it's not knock accolades, on them, in yeah. chef it was more about the love of the actual dishes and it wasn't even about how fancy they looked it was just about taste yeah yeah you're right taste passion that really awesome. come across yeah mm. did well on imdb this film what do you think it got oh, did it about Low seven, low sevens. Yes, yeah, seven point three. Very good. Ah, it's pretty high good. though. Remember, yeah, Shawshank is, is eight point nine at number one. So to be in the sevens, like that is mm. top tier stuff. That is. That is decent. To be fair. Have you got any uh, any ideas what you want to do next week? I think it's your turn to pick. Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, this Go one. On. Oh, I, you said it like that because it's it's <laughs> funny. It's quite it's quite random. But we have spoke about it before. I know you've not seen it. Um, okay. uh, the film Waiting with ah, Ryan yeah. Reynolds yeah okay yeah. which I know, I know it used to be on Netflix I don't know if it still is it's definitely on Amazon um cool yeah again don't know if that's higher or prime but it's definitely on there and it'll, it'll be dirt cheap if it if it's higher or quid something Perfect. but um nice one yeah it's uh you tongue-in-cheek um <laughs> take it with a pinch of salt but the, the, it, there's yeah. yeah a lot of stories that could come off the back of it is is funny <laughs> and I like Ryan Reynolds anyway he's cool Okay, perfect. Well, I'll um, yeah, I'll do some digging on where to find it, and I'll release a little video as per every week, yeah. showing people where they can get it. Also, perfect. a big shout out to a couple of people that messaged us saying that I look like Jurgen Klopp in the last <laughs> video, which you, to your amusement, texted me about earlier. Yeah. And actually, looking back, I can see what they're like. My hair's a bit longer because of yeah. lockdown. I've got With a the beard. Zip up. I yeah. had my zip up to the top of my hoodie and my glasses on. I was like, oh shit, I do. And as a United fan, that fucking hurt. I was going to say, you're migrating, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm such a I'm such a glory supporter that I'm now <laughs> shifting from Man United back to Liverpool. Um, yeah, so go and check out my Jurgen Klopp video on Instagram, Twitter from last week, and I'll um, endeavour to try and get as far away from that as possible in the next video. Yeah. I'll be clean shaven and yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Nice one. So waiting is next week's. Uh follow us on Twitter, Facebook at the nightcap underscore pod. Share with us your thoughts and feelings on everything we've watched and any suggestions you have. Um cool, nice one. So yeah, l- uh, look out for all of that at the nightcap underscore pod, Twitter and Facebook, and we will see you all next week. Cheers, see you later. <laughs>